Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of our viewers. Ciao, welcome, benvenuti to the channel. If you are new, make sure you give a like and subscribe on this video. I am joined by a fantastic panel here on Football Worldwide to bring you once again the content covering the world of culture. The Serie A roundtable is in full effect. I, wa I want to thank my guests Armando, Vince and Ricardo, who's not joining us tonight for a fantastic uh, debut on the Football Worldwide channel. It was brilliant. And now it's time to introduce episode two, where we go through match day one. Gentlemen, I'm very excited for another season of Serie A, uh, albeit the current disaster that is Italian football. So let's just go around and say ciao to one another. Zio Amo, it's great to hear from you again, my friend. How are you? Love to be back, Bello. Love to see some familiar face and, you know, can't wait to start it. It's going to be great. <laughs> Vince, how you doing, my friend? Very good to see you. Excellent, Anthony. Looking forward to counting down the minutes to see some real football. Um, bored out of my brain watching Premier League for round one. Looking forward to setting up. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I stayed up extra late and just started watching Lega Un, and I was much more impressed with what I saw in the French League than what I saw in the English League on the weekend. Um, it's an absolute pleasure of mine to welcome for the first time on this channel. We've teed up before on Inter Worldwide, but it's everyone's favourite Sampdoria fan almost in the whole world, Vito Doria. How you going, bro? Um, I'm all right, Anthony. Yeah, just waiting for the city out to start. I mean, especially being here in Melbourne, another lockdown. So need something to keep me distracted. Yeah, 100%. I, I was watching a fair few Serie A matches last season, but this season I don't see how I'm going to be able to miss one. Um, if I'm staying in lockdown, it'll be one of the biggest benefits of this. And my friend Michael as well, coming in hard, representing the uh, the uh, black and white side of this podcast for this week for Ricardo. It's great Absolutely. to be joined by you. It's great to be joined by you, bro. How are you going? Thank you, Anthony. Really appreciate putting you putting me on this podcast. It was, we had some good moments on uh, Inter Worldwide, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the season. And hopefully, it's nothing short of um, excitement and thrills like it was last year. Yeah, hundred uh, percent, gentlemen. I can't wait. It's going to be really, really good. Uh, we just got to keep in mind one thing: we are recording this episode uh, on Tuesday in Australia, meaning we're about five days away from the season's kickoff. But more importantly, we are still approximately thirteen days away to twelve days away from the Mercato closing. So, any sort of predictions, any sort of conversation in this particular video is subject to change on the Mercato news. Without further ado, we're going to go to the different matches for this match day. Tuning in in a second. Guys, there's plenty of fixtures to keep us entertained on match day one. Let's go through the list nice and quickly before we get started. Inter, the reigning champions take on Genoa, Verona against Sassuolo, Empoli at home to Lazio, Torino host Atalanta, Udinese face Juventus, Bologna up against the newcomers Salernitana, Roma and Fiorentina kick off in a fixture that I am just oh, watering at the mouth to see. Napoli host another new up-and-comer in Venezia, Sardinians Cagliari hosting Spezia and Sampdoria against Milan. Fantastic stuff. Gentlemen and my guests, I hope you don't mind if I take the mic and take the floor first of all. Uh, it's time for the reigning champions and defending champs to show everybody in the offseason just how wrong they are with their pessimism. Guys, I'm a little bit optimistic coming in after seeing us beat Dinamo Kiev, but friendlies are friendlies at the end of the day. Major losses in the black and um, blue side of Milan. Romelu Lukaku is out. Antonio Conte is gone. Lele Oriali does not man the man management on the bench anymore. Ashraf Hakimi is no longer on the right-hand side. However, Don Beppe, when it comes to damage control, Beppe Marotta is making sure that we're not going to go through this season lacking personnel in each position. Uh, Eden Dzeko looks like an adequate replacement for a certain amount of minutes, not as a starter. We will see what the rest of the Mercato um, holds for Inter. Guys, if I'm going to be realistic, I'm excited about Denzel Dumfries as well coming in on the right, but he's not a guarantee, nowhere near a guarantee. I mean, the step from coming up from Arriva Dizier in Holland to here, even if you are the PSV reign um, captain, it's going to be huge. It's going to take a while to integrate him. And personally, in this first fixture against Genoa, I actually don't see him starting. I think you're more likely to see the likes of Matteo Damian start this fixture um, for Inter. Other than that, you know, we've still got a stacked midfield. I would go into this match knowing that if we do start our back three of Skriniar, of Devray, of uh, Bastoni as well, I don't see Genoa um, posing too much of a threat. 
Barella's in good form. Sensi's back looking energetic. I think Inzaghi can get three opening points. Um, the only problem I see here is that with Lautaro suspended and Alexis Sanchez picking up an injury, we might be a little bit short. Guys, on this particular program um, episode, we're going to go around the table for each fixture and everyone's just going to give maybe just a 30-second little bit of a prediction and a score preview as well. But there'll be certain fixtures where each of my guests basically highlight the same way I am now. So going across to you, um, sorry, I'll go first. Um not not easy, a bit of a grind. Um, I'll go 2-0. Two 2-0 nil. Two nil win for Inter over Genoa in the opening fixture. Zilamo? I think um, Inter will win. Um, you know, it's been the first game of the season. You should not feel the, the um, that Zeko can't play for 90 minutes. So Genoa looks very weak as well. We spoke about last week, so I can't see Inter dropping point on the first game. I, well said. I, score, score line, I don't know, but I definitely Inter to win. Fair you enough. Want me to draw a score line just to score. You don't have score. to do a score line, it, oh, brother. Okay, it's, ma it's match day one. I don't think we should get into the habit of doing scores every single week. Uh, Vince, your pick for Inter Genoa this week? Yeah, I think comfortable for Inter. I think 2 0 win will be uh, a walk in the park for them, uh, unless the likes of Destro or Pandev uh, want to pull a surprise. But I think that back three is too solid, that midfield's too solid. Jekyll is more than adequate to put the ball in the net. I think a uh, fairly straightforward 2 0 win. Yeah, fair enough. They've signed this young fella from um, Pumas as well, uh, Vasquez. He's Mexican. I had a little look at some highlight reels today, which doesn't actually leave too much to the imagination, but it's not that accurate either. But, you know, I actually think he can be a pretty energetic signing for them as well. But as we said in the first episode, there's only so many goals Destro is going to be able to score you this season to basically get you out of trouble. Um, Vito, over to you next, my friend. Who grabs a win in match day one, Inter or Genoa? Uh, look, Inter easily, at least on paper, but uh, I think that with uh, Simone Inzaghi as coach and uh, the formation that he's going to use, he'll pretty much use something similar to Antonio Conte. I don't think the play will be as high as was in terms of intensity under Conte or also not as rigid, but uh, perhaps uh, players will have a bit more freedom to do something on the ball or they won't be focusing on exerting all the physical strength. I would probably say 3-1, three, three similar to last season, identical to last season. But uh, no, I think on paper, Inter are much too strong. And Genoa, again, um, you saw with Vasquez there, uh, they're the top of club. They've got to find those hidden gems so they can sort of survive in Serie A and also try to sell them at a significant profit. Yeah, fair enough. That was one of the biggest um, positive takes away from our game with Dinamo Kiev was like, wow, we've really broken out of this PlayStation style that is Antonio Conte systematically have to have to do everything to a T. There was a little bit more tactical freedom there. Uh, Michael, your opinion and, and prediction for the first game, bro? Oh, it's going to be an easy win for Inter, you'd imagine, probably 2-0. Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, obviously, Inzaghi coaches exact, the exact same formation as uh, Conte did. So um, it'll be interesting because he's been at Lazio for a long time. Usually a lot of coaches that have been at one place for a long time, it's hard to adapt to a new club with new players. Um, really, once you get Jekko comfortable, you'll, he'll score you guys probably 15 to 20 goals a season, which would be a massive fan, probably even more, depending on how well he is. Um, but yeah, Inter will win comfortably. Genoa just, you know, they're, they're a bottom tier Serie A team and that's just basically all needs to be said. Well done, man. All right, we are going over to our second fixture of this match day. We're going to focus on Milan versus Sampdoria. I've got two faithfuls here, uh, one of, of each side. We're going over to you first, Vince. Um, the gentleman that I've got on screen right now, Olivier Giroud, he's got his scoring boots on. Do you think your boys will be firing well in the first match day? You have the floor, Vince. Take it away. Sorry, just unmuting there. Um, yeah, I think we, we should start fairly strong. Uh, looking at our preseason form, we haven't lost a game in preseason. Uh, the most promising thing from a Milan supporter's point of view is that defence. Uh, I think it's the first time in, in many, many seasons that I can look at the defence and be quite confident that we're going to be tight at the back. Uh, Mignon showing that he, he's a good goalkeeper already. Uh, I was very impressed with his distribution. Uh, uh, looking at the last game versus Paratinakos. Uh, we, we were rarely tested, but a highlight was that distribution from the back. Um, who plays between um, Simon Kayer and uh, 
Uh, Romagnoli, um, personally, I'd put Romagnoli. I thought um, Kaya looked a little shaky with his passing on the weekend, but but knowing um, how Pioli sort of operates, I, I think Kaya will get the nod. Um, and the midfield as well, we're looking at uh, Kessier, not ready for round one, so looking like uh, a start from uh, Tonali there next to Bennett's there. Um, and really, we, we played a 4-4-2 against Panatina, of course, um, which is possibly a nod towards not having a number 10, an adequate number 10 from Pioli. Um, it was a little bit of a strange selection with that formation in our last friendly before the season. So uh, if he plays a 4-4-2 or, or, or the same formation he played last year with um, Giroud as the main man up top is probably the biggest question. Uh, Left-hand side, we're probably looking at Liao getting the nod over Rebic, uh, looking at sort of pre-season form and formations. It's got to be a tricky Fixture, it always is in round one. Sampdoria is never a pushover, um, though they haven't beaten Milan since, uh, I think, 2019. Um, I think we'll squeeze through here, maybe a 1-0 win. Fair enough, bro. Just a follow-up question. Um, don't take too long, a quick 30 seconds. What does the season hold for this gentleman on screen now? Because I was actually, I was a little bit upset with the level of criticism he got last season. Making the jump from Brescia to Milan, like how easy do you expect it to be? What did, did people expect him to just walk into the first team and start lighting everybody on fire? I think, he, you know, he integrated himself as well as he could have in a season that was very inconsistent for you guys, albeit you may not have thought you would have stayed at the top as long. I'm hoping for a big season from this young guy, man. What do you think? Oh, I've got high hopes. Uh, I think he's got a lot of talent. You look at him in preseason, every single game that goes by, even last season, he seems to be getting better. He's picking up deep. He's picking up the ball. He wants to orchestrate for a young man to do that in in any Serie A squad, especially one of the more pressure environments like Milan is. Uh, I think he's showing some maturity there. I'd like to see him get involved a little bit more in the front third, even though it's not his core role. Uh, if you can link up some passes in that front third or even front half a little bit more, uh, I think he could be a key. But him and Bennett's there defensively, I think is a really solid pairing. I think the possession will be strong. I'm expecting big things from him. He'll have plenty of chances with the AFCON as well coming up. And Kessier will miss yep. a few games there. So he's going to have a lot more responsibility than he had last season. Well said, man. Well said. Um, Vito, over to you next, man. Take us through what you expect, not only from this certain match, but go for it, man. Tell us what you expect out of this season because it's not very often that I get to talk to a Sampdoria fan. For this particular game, I would be surprised that we actually get a win, to be honest, because after all, it's Milan. And although they did finish second, they were leading the title race in the first half of last season. So... Uh, I don't think it'd be an easy game. I'd be happy just with the draw, something like 1-1. I do expect goals in this game. I don't think it'd be scoreless. Um, with Sampdoria being intriguing, I think we will decline a little bit because we have lost the experience of Claudio Ranieri as coach. And we have brought in Roberto Daversa, who was at Parma for the last yep. three or four years. He had left at the end of 2019-20, replaced by Fabio Liverani, was at Lecce. He got sacked. The Versa came back, saw his contract, Parma finished on the bottom. So there I'm a bit concerned, but there's also the sporting director, Daniele Fagiano, who worked with the Versa at Parma. So maybe maybe at the last minute we might find some late signings. Uh, just the season in general, I'd say more or less a bottom half team, uh, be a change of formation too. The interesting thing is Manolo Gabbiadini is playing as an attacking midfielder and he was involved in the goals in Sampdoria's 3-2 victory against Alessandria in the Coppa Italia this morning. So let's see in Serie A if he can actually have the mental strength and also the skill set to perform in that role. Yeah, well said, man. Fantastic. I do think that... I just wanted to ask you one more question. What were your thoughts on the departure of Tinkerman Ranieri? Would have you liked to see him stick around for another season or two? Oh, absolutely, because I think he made the team greater than the sum of its parts, and there were players there that played above themselves. I mean, as we see on the screen, we've got Jakob Yankto, who played on the left side of midfield. He had probably his best year at Sump, and he had a decent Euros with the Czech Republic. Yep. Uh, I'm assuming that's Adrian Silva. He was so-so. Show so much. I don't know every player on my team. <laughs> that's embarrassing. But, uh, look, I think the few players that, you know, 
they'll have that Serie A experience, but I think collectively Ranieri just made the team better. Um, with Doversa, I think he's got to rely on Quagliarella, Candreva, and uh, Yankto, and a few others. And if we can hold on to Mikel Damsgaard, who was a revelation for Denmark at Euro 2020, that'd be a huge plus. But other than that, Berezinski, he was erratic at the Euros for Poland, proved a bit last season with some, but against Alessandria, he was responsible for one of Alessandria's goals. So, yeah, mm-hmm. the defence is a concern without someone like Ranieri, who does know how to build up a strong defence. Yeah, I think in my personal opinion for this fixture, Milan are going to start strong out the gates this season like they did last season. I see them fatiguing a little earlier this season, but I'm going to say that they grab a win 2-1 in their first fixture. Michael, you just want to quickly give your prediction uh, for Milan Sampdoria? You're on mute, brother. Just give me a sec. Can you unmute yourself? Thanks, bro. So I was just saying, um, I think there might be a bit of an upset. I think... um, some Doria might actually come away with a draw. Um, might be probably a 1-1 draw. Won't be a high-scoring draw. It'll be 0-0 or 1-1. Um, Milan are a great team. Don't get me wrong. Um, Giroud to Milan is massive for them. They probably got the best striker um, that they could possibly afford at the moment with the current market situation. Some Doria, look, some of these players that some Doria have are great players like Tonali, he's a great player. Damsgaard, very good player. Um, Gabbiadini has potential, even though he's much older than what he was when he was, you know, one of the, um, you know, Serie A's, you know, most prominent attacking midfielders. He's still a quality player. He probably needs to find the right coach that brings the best out of him. Um, but, yeah, I think it will be a 1-1 draw, maybe a 0-0 draw. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see Milan starting as strong as they did last year. That's just me personally. Nice one. Zio Amo, your prediction for Milan-Sampdoria in the opening game for them? This is one of those games where the pre-season, I think, will have a big uh, impact. If Because team like Sampdoria this year, they will uh, have a, a pre-season to start the season with a fire in the legs to try to accumulate as many points as possible to get enthusiasm. And I don't know if Milan did a pre-season to last longer. So, you know, it could be a surprise, a surprise upset too. But I, on paper, Milan should win this easy. But it's the first game of the season. They always two or three teams, the underdogs, they start because their legs are fresher so they can run faster. You think they, they think they're better. It's just the preparation. So it's yeah. a, a tough one to say. Tough one to say, yeah. All right, moving on to the next fixture, Sassuolo versus Verona in a match that really hinges on this gentleman's move right here. Um, They are running out of time to uh, sell Manuel Locatelli to Juventus, albeit looking to coup about $35 It's definitely still in Sassuolo's best interest to meet the evaluation and sell to those guys. I'm just really starting to wonder how how long it's going to take them. And the longer that it takes them to do this, the more I can see them slipping up in their opening fixture just with a little bit of um, disorganization. I'll go around the table to start off. Uh, Vito, I'm actually going to go to you first this time, man. What do you make of Sassuolo versus Verona? Um, and do you think Locatelli does end up sealing a move? <laughs> Remember, no Juric, no De Zerbi, two new managers going head-to-head, Vito. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Sassuolo have a new manager called Dionisi. He helped them probably get promoted into Serie A. And uh, this will be a test for him to see if he can cope uh, coaching in Serie A. Um, managing the Locatelli situation will be key as well because Locatelli, since he joined Sassuolo, has really improved as a footballer and became a real midfield general. So uh, to lose him would be bad for the Nero Verdi, to say the least. That being so, if uh, you know, if the likes of Berardi, Giricic, Boga, Caputo, or even Raspadori have an impact, um, you know, Sassuolo can still do pretty well. I think they can beat Verona. And uh, for the Giallo Blue, um, I do feel a bit pessimistic about them because they have lost Juric and they've replaced him with Serbio Di Francesco, who's regressed as a coach since leaving Roma. His spells at Sampdoria and Gagliari have been disappointed, to say the least. So I think this is perhaps his final chance to really show that he can still coach in Serie A. Otherwise, if he struggles... Um, I think he would present a massive risk to any other Serie A side and then he'd have to consider dropping down to Serie B. 
in the future. Well said, Ben. Vince, how do you think the fixture between Sassuolo and Verona goes? Remember, um, pretty much what Vito said, we echoed that on our first video that we did. We were very pessimistic for Verona this season without Ivan Juric. Um, do you, how do you think they'll go in the first game against Sassuolo, Vince? I think they'll struggle. When you look at uh, Sassuolo's team, there's some exciting players there. They've got, a, they've got a very strong front third. When you look at the options they have, Raspadori, Scamacca, uh, Berardi, um, they've got some really, really strong, young, fast players. I think they'll trouble Verona uh, a lot. They've got that new signing as well, Traore. Coming, he came into the club with, uh, with a pretty, pretty hefty price tag for a club like Sassuolo, um, being an attacking midfielder as well. Uh, I think as it stands, the squad stand today, I think they've got a, they've got a fairly strong chance of finishing in that sort of front third of clubs. I think they'll start on the, on the right foot. They might um, score a few goals against uh, Hellas, I believe. Yeah, nice one, man. And Michael, you're the last one, bro. Your opinion for Verona and Sassuolo in our first game? Um, I think Sassuolo will probably be a team that we'll see um, jump up the ladder significantly. I reckon they will compete for the Europa this year. I think it's very early days, of course, but... With that front three, that is very good for Serie A. That, that front three, they have Raspadori, Scamacca, Baradi. you got a lot of goals coming. And you got Defrel on the bench. You probably even take either Raspadori's or Scamacca's position. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of op- optimism about this team. Um, but obviously, Locatelli, you know, there's a big, big question mark on whether he's going to come to us. I personally don't think we'll get it done. But... Because it's we've left it too late, you know. We should have got it done a lot earlier, but who knows? It probably might end up getting done. I'm not putting it out there. And then, yeah, I just think Sassuolo will just punish um, Verona. Verona, look, they've got a lot of people in that club that need to prove themselves. You know, Di Francesco needs to prove himself as a coach there. You got players like Lasagna who's been dropped from clubs, from club to club that need need to prove himself. You've got, you know, so many other great players that are willing to prove themselves even for a brother that's from up from us you know he's going to want to prove himself because we got rid of him and we've got Dishilio to replace him and we've got um pellegrini to replace him so there's a few people in this club that need to prove themselves whether they do that's a big question but i think sassuolo will come up on top probably three one nice one and zio amo you as well sassuolo versus hellas verona man i know two teams that might be a little bit even last season but i think sassuolo will break away from hellas this season I'll be quickly. I think Sassuolo will win. I see Verona, I told you on the last episode, to be one of the teams that get relegated. I could be wrong, but... Uh, and I don't think Locatelli will leave for the simple reason that Sassuolo is a very hard shop to shop by. They've been holding yeah. on their play for a few seasons. And if you look back at the history, every time they sold somebody, it's been after two or three seasons that have been on the market. Unless they get in their money... And I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, if Sassuolo is in a deficit with money, if they need to sell. I don't think they are in desperate need to sell. Nah, I don't think they are. And I, so they are, I think that's they part are of the issue. Position. Yeah, yeah, they are in a stronger position. Because they're going to say, if we need to sell, we need to replace it. So we need money. Yeah, yeah. He's I still feel we're more desperate. Locatelli is the sort of player that's still going to get them 35, 40 M's in January if another club comes from overseas. So it's not like they're in a hurry to sell him to balance their books exactly. or anything like that. So, yeah, I'd agree with what you say. Zio Amo, we're staying on you for the next fixture, bro, which could be an entertaining one. Torino up against Atalanta, the gentleman that we just spoke about no longer at Verona, currently at the helm in Turin. Um, how do you think this game will go, man? I reckon Juric injects a little bit of fire into the belly, into a Torino side, Amo, that last season was these guys, these in, po- in context. Be- in context, Torino is probably the most disappointing club in Serie A last season. Listen, this guy, I told you, I told you last episode as well, it's a master of coach when he comes on to reading the game. He can read the game. If he knows their opposition, the way they play, and he had the time to prepare his team, he's going to put everybody uh, under pressure. And I'll be no surprise if he trigger and... Put in a corner, uh, what's his name uh, from Atalanta? Apology. The, the forward? The coach, Gasperini. The coach. Gasperini, sorry, Mingyao. I'm getting mm-hmm. old. So I'll, I'll be no surprised if he managed to corner Gasperini because this guy is a very good coach. Having said so, on the Piper, Atalanta is very strong as she win. Uh, the latest rumor uh, about, you don't know if you heard the interview after the Coppa Italia game, they're not that sure about Bellotti staying. 
signing the renewal, it doesn't mean to stay. Yeah. That's what they said like yesterday, officially. So It just means that they can get a little bit more money for him if somebody comes. So, but in this current climate, you know, I don't think people are going to up their bids too much for Belotti. I think anyway, he's going to stay another I, season. If I had to do the old school Schedina, I would say X2. So draw or Victoria for Atalanta. Yeah, so very nice, man. Very nice. Let's go to Vince next, man. Uh, Torino up against Atalanta. Should be an entertaining one. I think Atalanta will have more than enough for the Juric um, to Torino side. What are your thoughts, Vince, bro? If they can keep this squad together this season, they got depth for days. Yeah, I'm a little bit uh, a little bit biased with uh, my man Juric from uh, Croatia. Um, I think he's the best Croatian coach going around at the moment in Europe. Um I think it's a little early for him to make his mark as a coach. I think Atalanta will be too strong, but they're not going to run away with it. I think it might be something like a 2-1 victory for Atalanta. Uh, I think tactically the Juric will do a fine job, but to to really stop that attack of Atalanta, you have to be on your game. And after uh, a sort of touch-and-go preseason, they didn't get many great results um, it could this fixture could come a little too early for Torino. Uh, I think there'll be a big improvement from last season. They haven't had a lot of um, signings. They don't necessarily need a lot of signings because they're the squad personnel was already fairly strong. Sorry um, to interrupt you. Like with the rumors of Zapata and Ilicic leaving, they could definitely still afford to let one of them go and um, reinvest and still go out guns blazing in the season to come. I know they're both very influential players and score a lot of goals, but this is the Atalanta model, mate. Build, build a weapon-filled uh, squad, sell one asset, cash in big time, you're healthy. They're unbelievable. The moves they make in the market... You, I look at it from, a, from an AC Milan point of view and I look at the German Bundesliga, for example. If this was any club in Germany outside of Bayern, Bayern would have brought all of these star players. But in Serie A, they're getting by. They're keeping these strong players. The larger clubs aren't weakening them. After every single window, they're consistently there. So, um, yeah, they could lose those players. I look at the bench as well and I look at Muriel. He's a top class player for me. Always a threat, scoring goals. Ilicic not necessarily a starter, but always a threat, scoring goals. Uh, I think they're going to have a very big season. I know I predicted last week that they were uh, potential um, Serie A winners. Um, I think they'll start relatively strong. They did lose to Juve last last week in their last friendly, which um, was a good friendly for them, I think, to, to kick off the season. Um, but I think it'll be a slower burn for Atalanta this season. I think they'll start relatively slow, but they'll get through this game, no problem. Well said, bro. Michael, over to you next, man. What did you make of Atalanta um, in the friendly against Juve? Did you tune into that? And how do you think they'll go in their first outing this week against Juric and Torino? Um, yeah, I, I, watched, I watched, didn't watch it live. I watched the replay. Um, I thought we just got three really good attacks and we just made our most of it. Um, I think in the midfield, they dominated us. Um, look, I think Atalanta, you know, everyone's going to give them a lot of credit. They haven't gotten rid of any big players this transfer season thus far, thus far. But they haven't really had anyone moving in and out. You know, Juventus was very keen on Gosin's. That's faded. Zapata to Milan, uh, into Milan, faded. A lot of great players actually haven't left their team. So, and they've actually gained a really good centre back in Dimarau. And I'm actually very disappointed that we, got, we had to get rid of him, but. Unfortunately, going to make tough calls, and that was ours. Um, yeah, I think in the game, I think Torino will struggle immensely. Even though Juric, I reckon, is a great coach, I think this Antalata team has a lot to prove, and I think they want to leave their mark and make it known to the other big top three teams that they're there and they're actually not going to just be a team making up the top four. They actually want to push for the league, and I think we need to give them the respect they deserve. As for Torino, they do have a lot of great players. Um, you know, Bellotti, you know, even though he didn't have the best Euro, he was definitely, he definitely played his part, winning free kicks here and there. So I think he still has what it takes to have at least another average season at Torino that will help him stay in that mid-table and hopefully not allow him to drop to the city of B. Um, they, like, they've got Paselli, he's a good player. Um, they've got other great players that, really need to pick up their game. Like Kevin Lasagna, he needs to step up. You know, this is another time he needs to push. Um, but I just think 
Atalanta really need to um, really need to make a statement in this game, even though they're versing a team that was fighting for you know to stay in the Serie A last year. I think you know they need to step up and prove that they're not just a top four team and they have the they have the team to actually push for the league. Yeah, nice one, man. Uh, Vito, we're going over to you next, man. I feel like we covered that Torino-Atalanta fixture quite well, so feel free to throw in anything that you want about that. But what I'm going to ask you more importantly is how you think uh, Maurizio Sarri and Lazio are going to go in their first match of the season. Um, you know, Lotito, he, he's a stubborn he's a stubborn owner, but he's going to need to cash in on something. They need some sort of income, Vito. Um, it could come in the form of Joaquin Correa still going to Inter, which I'm a little bit... Uh, I mean, I've got my fingers crossed for that one. I'm not going to lie. Um, but, you know, how do you think Lazio is going to go um, not only this weekend, but I'm really interested to hear your take on them this season. They take on Empoli, um, obviously not with a stacked lineup, but with Cutrone there and possibly Pinamonti coming in as well. They scored a lot of goals last season, Empoli, but I think they will struggle this season, bro. But more importantly, I'm digressing a bit. I really want to hear your thoughts on how you think Sadi and Lazio are going to go and how long it's going to take them to adapt. Mm. Well, before we do get on to Maurizio Sarri and Lazio, what I'll say about Torino Atalanta is that uh, Juric is a disciple of Giampiero Gasparini. And last season, if I'm not mistaken, I think Verona did beat Atalanta in one game. So he knows how Atalanta can set up. The main difference is that, at least with uh, Ellis Verona, Juric was coaching them for two seasons for now at Torino, it's his first season, so a uh, brand new game. And they also needed a penalty shootout to beat Cremonese a couple of days ago. So it'd be a struggle, but uh, I'm not expecting a blowout from Atalanta. I'm not expecting them to thrash Torino in the first round. Now, back cool. to the question on hand. With Sarri, I think even with what's there, I think it might take him a, a few rounds, but uh, I think he's got... Uh, the right players to use either a 4-3-1-2 formation or 4-3-3. Uh, regardless if they sell Correa or not, I think what's there is still a decent enough team. If they do sell Correa, they would have to bring in players that would really buy in quickly to Sarri's style of football. Uh, I, with uh, the midfield they got, you know, they got Lucas Leiva, they got um, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic and uh, Luis Alberto with the Serbian and the Spaniard, the two very technically gifted midfielders, and I think they would thrive under Sarri. I also believe Ciro Immobile, um, he'll be in with a good shout being Capo Canoniere because of the chances he'll likely get in this system under Sarri. Against Empoli, they should win pretty comfortably. Andre Zoli is back at Empoli after he was there in the 2018-2019 season. Uh, Cutrone, look, he had that good season 2017-2018 at AC Milan, but he hasn't built built up on that potential, on that early hype. So this might be make or break for him. And if they do get Pinamonti, that'd be great in terms of goal-scoring options. But, uh, yeah, it's really up for the rest of the team to sort of pull their weight. And uh, Alberto Brignoli, the goalkeeper, he'll have to try and limit the damage because I think one of the problems with the last time they were in Serie A, Empoli were leaking a lot of goals in the first half of the season. Yeah. Yeah. So you think Lazio will run out comfortable winners in this one? In this one, even if we don't see true Sarismo, I think the individual quality that Bianco Celesti have will be good enough for Empoli. I think in the next few weeks, we'll get a better idea of how quickly they can adapt to Sarri's methods or if they're still well entrenched in Inzaghi's way of playing because Inzaghi was their coach for five seasons after all. Yeah, nice one, mate. Well said. I'm going over to Zio Amor next. Um, Maurizio Sarri, how do you think he's going to go in, you know, getting this Lazio team well gelled in the first game and especially in the first few rounds of the season, Amor? Oh, first of all, I need to agree with the video when it comes down to the football style and the play he has in the squad. In fact, most of those players were players that when he was at Napoli or at Juventus, I think he was trying to get it on board. So they're the players that he see perfect for his style but this game it's uh, more of a um, it's more of a tricky game for him because he's playing the first game back in Serie A since he left Juventus 
and taking a step backwards. It's his first step backwards since he left Napoli. He was in Napoli, Chelsea, Juventus, now dropping a Lazio. And he's going to face his beloved Empoli because everything started at Empoli. That's where Napoli spotted him. And against the coach that replaced him when he left Empoli. And both of them are a very beautiful football style. So it's definitely a game to watch. I agree with Vito that individual will make a huge difference. And Lazio individual on Biber are very good. So I like it, bro. Thank you, brother. Vince, over to you next, man. Uh, let's just keep it fixture-wise from you. Lazio, um, Empoli, first game. How do you see it going? Yeah, the guys covered it very well. I think the personnel in Lazio suits Sari. Uh, when you look at their preseason, their results haven't been outstanding, but you've seen actually already glimpses of Sari ball. They're, they're playing some nice football. Uh, I think just personnel-wise, they're just too strong for this for this uh, round one fixture, no injuries, no huge injuries. I think early in that transfer window, when there was talk about Luis Alberto wanting wanting out of the club, um, and now that that's settled, he's had a fair few weeks, a lot of minutes in preseason to actually get back into that squad properly mentally. And, and I think they're going to hit the ground running this season. Lazio last year, they were a little slow through, through the first half of the season. Uh, I, I think they'll be steady enough and they will continue to build as Sari implements his style I'm expecting a probably around 3-1 victory here for Lazio. Yeah, nice one, man. And over to you, Michele, for the final word on this one, bro. Just quickly, how do you think the match between Lazio and Empoli finishes? Uh, I think Lazio will win comfortably. I reckon it'll be a pretty high score. I think it'll probably be the 3-0, maybe 4-1 four, four or 4-0. Four um, look, Mauricio Sari for me, is is an unbelievable coach. I think... His ideals of how to play the game are some of the best in the world. It's just, unfortunately, no one gives him an, enough credit or enough of a chance. Um, I think Immobile will thrive in his um, in his way of that he likes to coach because he likes to coach possession-based, a lot of touches, and Immobile is the sort of player that likes to come in, receive the ball, pass it, go through, and then you slip him in. Um, I think Correa, if he was to stay, he will fr flourish under under um, Inzaghi too. And, um, yeah, like like their midfield's great. It's a great midfield to work with to play the system. Um, yeah, so I think they'll run away comfortably with uh, either 3-1 or 4-0 win. Nicely said, man. For the next fixture, I'm going to talk about it with Vince and Vito, and then we're going to go over to the next few fixtures and give the floor to Armando and Michael a little bit more. So, Vince, a uh, very low-profile fixture on the match day calendar, Cagliari versus Spezia. Mate, no Nangolan, probably no Nandez either now this season. Brother, no direction for Cagliari in Sardinia. That's what I'm calling them this season, where they made enough competition points to survive last season in Serie A. I think Cagliari are in for a grim season, man. I think they dodged a bullet by not having this gentleman here there at their club again for one more season because his um his fall from grace from football has not been a pretty one, if I can say from an interfans point of view as well. But for me personally, bro, it doesn't look good for Cagliari this season. It really doesn't look good for Spezia, Vince, considering they've got a transfer ban that's about to kick in. The motivation is low. They've lost their manager as well. What are your thoughts on this fixture, bro? It's going to be an interesting one. This fixture is a mess, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, when you look at uh, when you look at positives for both clubs, there isn't a lot around at the moment. I think they're, they're both heading into the season with a lot of fear about um, heading down to Serie B. I think both of them will be battling from the start. This is a crucial game for both because it's the first step into the season. They want to start positive. Uh, I think uh, Zio sort of mentioned earlier that the, the clubs that will be a threat this season, they need to start fast. Every point counts. So if they can get out of the gates fast, either club, uh, it will mean a lot for their season. Um, I see Spezia potentially just edging it, um, but I, I'm not expecting a pretty game. Um, it'll be tight. It'll be messy. Um, I think Spezia might get it 1-0. They're a very young side, this Spezia side, man. Vitor, do you think they can survive the drop? They did so well last season. They look like they might have just run out of gas if there was another two or three games left, but they made it, and then... Yeah, the economic side of things for Spezia, no good, bro. They're, um, I said it in our season preview last week. To me, Vito, they're my lock for position 20. Uh, I'm probably a bit more optimistic about Spezia, to be honest. Um, the former owner, Gabriele Volpi, sold to the Platek family, Polish-Americans, I think for mm -hmm. about 22 or 25 million euros. Um they have lost Vincenzo Italiano, so that's going to be detrimental. And the ban as well is another problem for them as well. 
So that's a dilemma for a club like that. That's not appropriate to deal with. Uh, I do think for the new coach, Tiago Motta, I think uh, it's a better environment to really test himself and prove himself because going to Genoa where Preziosi demands instant results is not ideal. But if uh, Tiago Motta tries to implement the attacking philosophy he wants and the young players buy into his ideas, they might be able to survive. Uh, as for this game, I'll still tip Coyote. The whole Nandes and Nongolan situation's not good for them, but uh, Leonardo Semprici is a good coach. I do rate him very much. Uh, got Alessio Cranio in goal. João um, Pedro is a fine, fine forward for them. And uh, as long as Leonardo Pavoletti can stay fit, um, he is a gun in the air. So at least for Serie A football, he's someone that really knows how to dominate in the air, score plenty of headers. So I think this one, I'd probably go either 1-0, 2-1, Coyote's favour. Um, what I will also say, though, is I think the Croatian midfielder, Marco Rog, I think he's out injured for some time. So that might be a big problem in the early stages. But I think later on in the season, I think they've got more than enough to survive. Yeah, Rog's got ACL, so it looks like his season uh, is finished before it's even begun. That's a big, yeah. big loss for That's them. That's so disappointing. Yeah, he's the, he's the anchor in midfield that holds a possession. So, big loss. Yeah, big loss. All right, Zio you have the floor. It's your time. It's your fixture. Newcomers, Venezia, are looking to make life a little bit dip difficult for your boys, Napoli. It's all you, bro. I have complete faith in you. How, how do you think the fixture's going to go? Listen, I'll be repetitive, but it all depends how the preparation was based on. The first game of the season are always dangerous one, but I think Napoli will win. Yeah. I don't unless we sell somebody in the last three days. I'm really happy with the way we did this year. We kept all our strongest players and we improved in our coaching. And um, you know my opinion about like, the swapping of the coach. I think we played without a coach for a whole season, similar to Juventus. I think Napoli Juventus so for the lack of a, a good coach on the bench, but otherwise there will be the two team up there with Atalanta. So I'll, I'll see Napoli beating uh, Venezia. You think it'll be an easy game, bro? No, there's no easy games. If no you go to game. the game, thinking it's an easy game. Uh, look, I'll be watching, uh, I'll be watching Napoli precision this year. And I, and I was present in Di Maro when Ancelotti was there the second year. And there's been a huge, huge difference of, uh, of, um, of impact. You know, the, those precision were more like for the fan. It was more like holiday camp this year. I see a lots of players enjoying themselves and have fun, like back when we had Sarri. So I could see a lots of good things. Even though with the rumors on the market, there's so many rumors going around, few of our players, and none of them really care. You can see them, yeah. they, they're having fun. They're not distracted. So I That's cannot good. see... Listen, if we start dropping point on the first game against uh, Venezia, then we have a problem. Yeah, 100%, man. All right, let's go around the table and um, talk a little bit more about this fixture. Uh, Michael, we'll go to you next. Nice and brief, man. Napoli, Venezia. Uh, Napoli just going to have too much, even though Venezia is coming through with a lot of confidence, probably more confidence than any of the three that have come up, um, just based on the sentimental fact of yeah. their history and how they've gotten through. I think they'll make life tough for Napoli in the first 30 minutes, 40 minutes or so. But um, gentleman Luciano Spalletti is going to get them over the line. What do you reckon, Michael? Yeah, uh, sure. I agree with you 100%. Um, Spalletti, for me, he's an unbelievable coach, great tactician. Um, I think a lot of clubs, you know, would be honoured to have him as a coach, you know. Um, I actually, to be honest with you, I actually wanted him at uh, Juve before we got um, Allegri back. Um, I thought he would have been a good, a good um, I'd say, a good experiment, but unfortunately, Napoli were the ones to grab him and Good on them. You know, they've got someone they can work with. Their front three for Napoli, it's going to be way too strong. It's going to be too strong for a lot of teams this year. Um, Ozime, Lorenzo Signe, uh, Mertens, Lonzano, mate. That's a quality attack just there. You know, that's as good as it gets in Serie A, really. You know, it's. I think it's probably even stronger than my own team's attack in Juventus, um, to be honest with you, because it's just well-rounded. It's it's you got young players mixing with a lot of experience, so um, it's going to be very interesting to see how well Napoli can do this year compared to last year. Um, I think the only problem with Napoli is they lack a third midfielder. They lack a third midfielder 
that's going to help them, you know, grow. They got Zelinsky, they got um, Ruiz. Almas is all right. He's not a he's a winger, but he can. I can see him playing more of attacking role in the attacking mid, maybe a number ten. But apart from that, I don't see another amazing midfielder that you you I think you're lacking. And I think since you've had a couple other midfielders leave in in previous years, like Hamshik and Jorginho and Bakayoko, it's actually been hard to find someone else to fill that void. But to see if it's going to be a massive issue for you guys, time will tell. It might not be. You might be able to get a lot of these younger players around, like Dime and look and Lobota, Lobotka, and give them more of a run, and hopefully they can flourish. But time will tell. Time will definitely tell. I think Napoli will come away very easily for four 0 win this one. Nice one, man. Very in depth, said uh, Vitor. Focusing on the team up on the board, man. How how do you feel, Venezia can go this season briefly? Look, on, on paper, I've got them as one of my tips for relegation. I don't think they've got many players with Serie A experience, aside from Mattia Caldara, who they got from AC Milan. And the big if with him is if he can stay fit. If yep. he can stay fit, I think he's going to be an excellent defender. He can regain his form. And uh, he's not just a guy that can defend well, but he's excellent with his ball distribution and can chip in with goals. Unfortunately, since he left Atalanta the, after 2016-2017, he's had so many physical issues. And uh, at the moment, I'm very pessimistic about him. If he does get things right, though, I think they might be in with a shot. There are a lot of unknowns. Like There's a kid they got from Kansas City called Gianluca Buzio, an Italian-American kid. Um, there's several others that are players that are largely unknown to Serie A audiences, and they're looking at non-traditional or not-so-big football powers, so they're scouting all over the world for players. And the coach, too, Paolo Zanetti, is another one that's uh, debutant to Serie A, so this will be a big test for him, too. Um, that being said, with the Venezia, um, you know, they might surprise us, uh, and Zanetti as a coach might surprise us, so... Um, they do have this intrigue because they represent the unknown. And part of me does like to see Venezia do well because it is a beautiful city. And when I was last overseas in 2019, I did get a – Venezia was my second time there, and it's a beautiful city. So um, mostly because of the history of the city and all that, I'd like to see the team do well. But uh, yeah. for what they have on paper, it's going to be quite a battle because they don't have those players – one more thing, though. Um, mm. There's a player there, uh, Di Mariano. He was important in the campaign to get to Serie A. He is the nephew of the iconic Salvatore Schilacci. So oh, uh, hopefully he's got a few tips from his zeal and pulls something yeah. out of the hat in Serie A. Thanks for hopefully letting us know that, Hopefully he remembers from the second game onwards. <laughs> yeah. uh, next game well, I'm going to fly through the next one uh, with my friend Vince we're going to Bologna versus the other newcomers uh, Salernitana uh, Bologna a team that we were all optimistic about when we recorded last week Vince we thought they were going to be the best of the meaty mid-table bunch um, I still stand by what I said if Orsolini Tomiyasu, Soriano can have a good season. Um, they shouldn't have to worry about the word relegation to me. They'll get more than enough points to stay in the top flight. Uh, for Salernitana, you know, they are absolutely thriving on the hype of being back in the top flight. Vince, how do you think this first game is going to go, man? Me personally, uh, the Salernitana fight might be good, but I think Bologna squeezes this one 2-1. What do you think, Vince? Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one. I think this one will be tighter than uh, what we expect. Uh, Bologna they had an interesting preseason. They played played some big clubs, played Dortmund and Liverpool. Played Liverpool, um, yeah. Two heavy losses uh, in those games, but they're the sort of games that a club like Bologna should try to play in the preseason because it gets them to that at least that tactical level and that understanding where they can build a, a strong core. Uh, Celerentana, I'm not really expecting anything from them this season, to be honest. Uh, I had them as one of my favourites for relegation. But just like any newcomer, they're going to want to start the season on a high. Uh, I think this will be a one-all draw. I think it'll be tight. Both teams will want to get those points early, but I think they'll both um, leave with a point. Yeah, fair enough. We're going to go around the table. Literally just say who you think is going to win this game. Uh, Zio Amo, Bologna and Salernitana. I know you said, but did you guys see the Bologna result from Coppa Italia? They were um, losing 5-1 yeah. at home against Terra, or 4-1, and then they lost. So 
they you lost 5 4, didn't they? Yeah. So, yeah, but they were losing like 4 1. 5 1. So, 5 oh, 1. Yeah. So, that, that, I don't know now, you know. <laughs> that loss, it's a big wake up call. And yes. um, I called for a draw. Nice one. It's, it is enough to make you think there, man, for sure. Um, Vito, your prediction for that game? Yeah, I think I still think Bologna will win, but not by a big margin. I'd be surprised if they win by two goals. Uh, yeah, I'd say 2-1. Um, yeah, Orsolini, hopefully, among the goals for Bologna, and uh, Federico Bonazzoli will get a goal for Salernitana. Nice. Michael, prediction? Uh, I think it will be a 1-1 draw. I think the hype around... Salanitana is pretty high. Um, I think Juric will score a goal for them, Milan Juric. And I think uh, Bologna, I think we might see Soriano, a very creative midfielder, score one of his eight goals that he roughly scores every year. So I'll see a 1-1 draw with them. Nice one, bro. Michael, do not drop the mic, brother. It's staying right for you. You guys go to Udine for match number one. You have gentleman Max Allegri back at the helm. I'm just going to give you the mic, bro. Talk to us about how you think this fixture is going to go and how you think Juve are going to go this season because I know you are not as optimistic as the majority of my Juventini friends. Yeah, sure, <laughs> let's call them friends. Uh, look, I think we'll, we'll walk away with the three points. I think we'll be a very convincing win this one as the hype around us and the momentum from the Atalanta um, practice game will help. But um, I think the realistic goal for this year for Juve should be top two win the Serie A. Champions League, I wouldn't even... I wouldn't even be surprised if we don't make it out. We don't have the we don't have the team to go far in the Champions League compared to the other big teams that we know about: Man City, um, PSG, Manchester United. They're all they're all stacked. Their, their bench is their bench is better than some of our starting eleven players, especially our midfield. It really, really is far behind. I think the financial struggles of um, COVID has really Taking a toll on Juventus, I think. Nice one. A lot of these Serie A, um, well, I think a lot of these Serie A clubs, they do rely on a lot of their fans coming to games week in, week out, buying memberships, buying merchandise. I think COVID disrupted that, and that's a lot of profits each of these Serie A clubs aren't receiving to spend on players. And I think it's been vital to see that with Juventus especially, it's been very obvious. We haven't been able to close deals. We're losing quality players like Dimarao, you know, giving them to Atalanta with an option to buy. And we don't even we didn't even put in buyback clause. Who knows? I think Dimarao has some of the greatest potential as a centre back. As for I know Dimbala, you've got I know you've got some strong thoughts on this dude right here. That's why I brought him up on the screen. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, look, I get a lot, I get criticised by a lot of Juventini. We have a lot of arguments about this man here. Look. I'll put it to you this way. I think he is a great player. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He is a great player when he's not injured and when he's not in conflict with the club. And what I mean by that is this contract issue that we've had since he won MVP with Juventus has been a burden on him and the club for, for a period of time, I'll be honest with you, because... When he won the MVP, he went to Juventus and asked for 15 mil. He did. He asked 15 mil from Patrici and Agnelli. He wanted 15 mil because he goes, I'm the MVP. That's what I'm worth. Unfortunately, for what he wants to play, for the role that he wants to play as, an, as a striker, as a false nine sort of striker, I don't think 15 mil is the right amount for a player that's playing that role. However, if, if Allegri can use him as an attacking mid for Juventus, he could be back to his best. He hasn't been his best for the last three years. Even when he won the MVP, I don't think it was his greatest season. He's had better seasons before that. Um, I think I think Ronaldo probably deserved the MVP more than him since Ronaldo won Juventus' best player, but Dybala didn't even know Dybala won the MVP that year. So I think with this fixture, we will win comfortably. Hopefully we see Locatelli. I don't see it happening, unfortunately. I just... If it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. I don't think Juventus would wait this late, you know, if we weren't 100% confident of getting him. I think there's a lot of if, buts, and maybes in that contract. Unfortunately, you know, every $100,000 um, is, 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 is a vital difference in the transfer market these days for these smaller clubs that don't 
Arnaz is um, rich as uh, PSG and Man City. So I think that's what it is. It's a matter of figures, but hopefully we see him. I don't see it happening, but yeah, who knows? I think maybe Juventus might need to worry about winning this area and, and push the Champions League to the side and get back to winning the Scudetto again. Fair enough. Uh, Amor, how do you think the other first fixture is going to go for um, Juve up against Udinese, man? Udinese, uh, they'll struggle this season, brother, without Rodrigo De Paul in their side. Um, the only thing that looks good about Udinese this season, to be honest, is their away jersey. Listen, I like I said on Napoli, I said it on Juventus too. Juventus had a better, way, way better squad than the result they had last year because of their coach. So I can see Allegri being back be a great uh, a great um, improvement for Juventus. Uh, he knows the players. And the fact that he's back, that means they already went through the issue that he had with Ronaldo and Dybala back then when he left. Otherwise, they will, he will not be back. Uh, therefore, I'm, I cannot see them suffering against Udinese. I told you, they, to me, Juventus, Adelante and Napoli are the top three teams. They're going to be racing... Uh, the, the, the top three spot. So I can't see them losing against Udinese. Fair enough. Uh, Vince, you next, mate. Udinese, Juve, straightforward for Juve in match day one, you think? Yeah, very much so. Way too strong front third with Ronaldo, Morata. Chiesa still flying from the Euros. Um, when, when I look at Juve for the season, um, there's so much to like, but there's still, for me, two big question marks. I think the, the defensive pairing, the two centre-backs are really... Obviously, everyone rates Bonucci and um, and Chiellini, but can they do it for a whole season? That's always the question mark around those guys. Um, and probably more importantly, central midfield. If they don't bulk up in that space, they're going to struggle against a better team. So they'll be up there they'll, with Allegri. They'll be very well um, structured. I think Dybala will have an outstanding season. I'm very um, curious to see how Allegri uses someone like McKenney. Um, after having a, a fairly good season last year, but not used in certain key moments. Um, it, it'll be really uh, good to see how Allegri makes that work or if he doesn't make it work. I think they're missing um, uh, they're missing the French midfielder, Rabiot, Rabiot um, yeah. for round one, which uh, could be a little bit of a sort of a disru- disruption there in the midfield. But I think straightforward, I think they should probably win this 3-0. Nice one. And lastly, going over to Vito, um, how do you feel that they're going to go in their first game? And more importantly, how do you see the whole season shaping up for this Juve outfit? Uh, well, I share the sentiments of everyone else here. I think uh, Juve should win comfortably. Udinese have lost Juan Musso. He's gone to Atalanta. Yeah. He was a fantastic goalkeeper. Rodrigo De Paul to Atletico Madrid. Another big loss. I think his flair and invention was tool for Udinese staying up last few years and without his creative spark I think Udinese could get dragged into that relegation battle as I for Juve so. yeah. as for Juve um, with, with the attacking players they got I think they should be fine there are concerns about that aging defence that shouldn't be a problem here but later on in the season it probably will um, it might require the league to step up a bit more and uh, be a not necessarily flawless, but close to it because he has to, you know, make things easier for Bonucci and Chiellini who are starting to age regardless of what they did at the Euros. And then yeah. you know, up front, you know, Chiesa, Dybala, Ronaldo, they can do great things, but it's about fixing that midfield. If if Locatelli and Pjanic can come in, that'd be very good for them. But with what he's got now, Allegri... He's going to have several issues because a lot of the guys they have there, they're not really players that can really dictate the play. They're not the type of guys that are great at controlling the tempo. So with the way things stand, I think you'll look, they'll fight for the title, but I expect it to be more or less another conservative approach from Allegri. And they'll be relying a lot on the, the front three for creativity and scoring touch because that midfield compared to other Serie A clubs, not just... Uh, the big boys of Europe, but even compared to other Serie A clubs, um, it's not that crash hot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's been a fantastic edition of this Football Worldwide Serie A roundtable, and we are going to move in to the last fixture of the week. Every week, we're going to have one fixture where I subjectively choose it biasly myself as the one to watch. Let's head over to it right now. 
How can eyes, all eyes, not be on Jose Mourinho and Roma at the moment? Jose Mourinho and Roma host Fiorentina this weekend. And for me, as I said, I'm the one choosing these ones. In my opinion, that is the one to watch. I can't wait for that game. It's my favorite fixture. I think Jose needs to start strong. He really needs to start strong. Whereas Fiorentina, they're just basically looking to start fresh. Um, they really are. I'm going to go over to Vito and we're going to move around in a different direction this time. Vito, how pumped are you for this fixture? How do you think it's going to go? What are your thoughts on the special one being in the nation's capital? Uh, I think it's going to be a very exciting match. And uh, to see Mourinho in Serie A is going to be interesting. Even if his style of play might not be the best to watch, but the fact he's got such a pedigree and that he's one of those characters, um, just to listen to him in press conferences, regardless if it makes sense or if he's talking utter <laughs> garbage, um, he keeps you focused. Uh, he'll keep your attention. So I think uh, he's going to... Yeah, definitely keep us entertained in his own way. So, look, on paper, I do think uh, Roma should win this game. Um, I do think it will probably be a close score, and I don't think Roma will blow Fiorentino away. But uh, uh, it'd be a key key game for Mourinho to really get back into Serie A, show that he can revive his coaching career after supposedly disappointing spells at Spurs and Manchester United. And... Uh, and for Fiorentina, regardless if they sell Dusan Vlaovic or not, uh, they have a new coach, Vincenzo Italiano from Spezia. I think at least the Viola have a coach that can give them an identity, a philosophy. So yes. I think with his attacking principles, I do see a bit of improvement from them. I think maybe mid-table, maybe um, even push for the Conference League or Europa League spots. But, uh, yeah, I think um, he can utilise the players in the squad. But in this game against Roma, I still think the special one's going to get the three points. Yeah, I would have to agree. Plenty of talent, you know. Hang on to Vlahovic and the likes of Milenkovic, Castrovilli. Um, there's going to be a good season. Pulga as well. I think I can only see Italiano and Laviola improving from last season, which was a, li a little bit of a horrible horror show, to be honest. Um, we'll go quickly to Michael next. Roma-Fiorentina, huge game. What are you saying, bro? Um, Roma are really going to excite the most of us Serie A fans this year, I believe. They're an unbelievable team with the amount of play quality they have this year. Like, I've just gone through their, their fixture. Some of these players no one even knows of, and they will know by the end of this season. Like, Shermanov, he's an absolute star. Watched him play in those practice games. Look very comfortable in this Jose Mourinho structure. You've got Mkhitaryan, another great asset. Hasn't had his peak. This could be his year under Mourinho um, in Serie A, of course. Um, they've got Pedro, who probably won't even start for them. You know, he's a great player, but he'll be fighting to start in that starting along with Al Shawari. Then in the midfield, you've got Zaniolo coming back from injury. You know, he, he's got a lot to prove, this kid. You know, he missed out on that Euro squad. He would have died to have that, um, you know, that gold medal around his neck. And I think he's going to approve himself so he can make that World Cup team next year, along with Pellegrini, along with Cristante and Mancini in defence. There's a lot of hype around them, and so should there be. Um, I think Jose Mourinho has himself a potential Scudetto-winning team. Maybe not this season. But if Mourinho is a little bit more patient with this team, I can see him staying there for a while. I think he wanted to get out of England because of, you know, all the all the media that were attacking him and all that crap was just absolutely getting to his head. So I think he's in Italy. He's having a fresh start. I think this is the perfect um, situation for him to rebuild his reputation. As for Fiorentina... I have a bit of a soft spot for Fiorentina, even though I'm a Juventino. I am also a Cantanzaro supporter. So Fiorentina, for me, um, they are also very close with, you know, Cantanzaro. So I do like to stay up to date with what, how they're going. Wonderful team. You know, that Vlavic, he's going to be a star. And I think this year will be even more of a crucial season for him. Milinkovic in defence, another great player. I think... I think you know, Fiorentina better hold on to him because I can see him going to another big Serie A team or even he might even end up at a APL team or even a La Liga team one day. He's a very great defender. Um, yeah. Fixture's not going to be anything short from great. I think Roma will come away with a 2-1 win. I think Fiorentina will score a goal, though. 
Yeah, Vlahovic is probably going to get on the score sheet, to be honest, man. I'm going to predict Roma 2-1 as well in a very cagey sort of like bums on the end, just end of the seat fixture. Um, Amo, you next, bro. You excited to see Mourinho back in Serie A? What do you think is going to happen, man? How's Roma Fiorentina going to pan out? Look, to, to me, this is a classic game of a triple, what we used to say in Italy. Anyone can, any result. Roma can win. Fiorentina can win because uh, they have a very good coach. I really have a lot of respect for Italiano. And the fact that he step up the proper the proper step from where he was to where he is now, instead of trying to hide for a bigger team, uh, we will see a lot of improvement in Fiorentina. Having uh, said so, Roma on the paper should come away with a victory, but I'll be no surprise if there is a draw or a Fiorentina win. Very well said, bro. Very well said. And Vince, you've got the floor for the last pick of the round, bro. It's Roma Fiorentina. Yeah, I'm going to go against the crowd. Uh, I'm going to say Fiorentina is going to cause an upset here. Uh, Vlaovic is um, in fine form at the end of last season and in pre-season. If they can keep a hold of him for the season, uh, I think it looks a lot more promising than if he left. Um, Fiorentina are quite solid, a lot of experience through their team. We've got the Bonaventura in the midfield there. Um, I think they'll, they'll cause some troubles for a lot of teams with Vlaovic. If he leaves, it's a different story. Uh, Roma, very exciting times for them with Tammy Abraham coming and and uh, really the return of Zaniolo, I think is... Uh, is going to be huge for, for Roma. If, if those players can be important, I think for me, there's a big question mark around um, Abraham. Is he the striker that's worth that sort of money? They've paid some big dollars for him. Um, I've seen a lot of promise, but that doesn't really mean anything in, in England. He has to come to Italy. He has to adjust very quickly in a club that demands a lot um, and potentially learn a system of play under Mourinho that uh, he's not so used to with Chelsea. Uh, Zaniolo... Very exciting player. Um, seeing he's getting a lot of minutes in preseason, scoring some goals. Uh, the guy's buzzing and seeing seeing him on uh, Instagram. The guy's built like a tank now. He's he's worked hard. He's yeah. stayed mentally strong. Um, I think he can make a big difference if he can stay fit in this season. Um, Roma could be something, um, but I do pick Fiorentina for round one. Uh, it's always tight. This one could be the upset. Nice, Mourinho. One, I've actually got doubts on Mourinho. I, I see. Zaniolo uh, having to run back and, and cover fullbacks and, and doing ridiculous things. Um, uh, I, th I think he's lost his spark. I'd be very surprised if uh, Mourinho was the difference uh, rather than his footballers this, this season. It's definitely one of those things where it's starting to look like when the going gets tough, he can't really get going once again. But I'd love to be proven wrong. He's back in the shores of Serie A. Um, yeah, I'd love to see him just get back to that competitive stage that he's in. I just want to say it has been a fantastic uh, episode two for the Serie A roundtable here on Football Worldwide. We've gone a tiny bit over time, but hey, that just means we're having a lot of fun. Final goodbyes to the panel. Ziadmo, always a pleasure, brother. Nice to see you. Nice to see you guys. Nice to see everyone. And thanks for anybody that's been watching this video. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Vince, very, very nice to see you again, bro. And we'll see you again soon. Thank you, boys. It's been a pleasure. Michael, thanks for representing um, on this episode, bro. And if we don't see Ricardo soon, we'll be seeing you as well. <laughs> thanks, Anthony. Appreciate it. And thanks to the whole panel. And um, hope we can do it soon. Thank you very much. No worries. And it's always a pleasure to tee up with my friend Vito Doria. What a pleasure it was to have you on, man. We will speak soon. Yeah, thanks, Anthony, for having me come on today. And, uh, yeah, great to chat with uh, everyone too. You know, Zio Amo is one of the few people I actually know in the outside world, so it was great to meet up with him again. Yeah, When, when we had an outside world. <laughs> yeah, oh, true. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> oh, man. It's lockdown, it's lockdown dinner time for all of us, man. So from all of us here in Australia and from all of us here at Football Worldwide, ciao, take care. Thank you very much. Ciao.